can new offensive play caller Mike McCarthy salvage Dak Prescott's quarterbacking career? Plus, how much did the Giants close the gap with their hated NFC East rivals? We're going to talk about all that and more with Locked On Cowboys co-host Landon McCool. That's coming your way next on the Locked On Giants podcast. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Chena. Happy to have you with us on this edition of the Lachlan Giants podcast. And speaking of which, we have the podcast a lot of you have been asking me for, and that mm-hmm. is the opponent preview of the Dallas Cowboys, whom the Giants kick off the 2023 season with at the Meadowlands on Sunday Night Football. And joining me to break down what we know of the Cowboys is Lachlan Cowboys co-host Landon McCool. Landon, thank you so much for coming on the pod with me. Thank you so much for having me. Always thrilled to be here. Even if we're NFC East rivals, it's always great to be on with you, Patricia. So I'm glad to talk football. Yeah, we might be rivals, our teams, but we're friends here at the That's Washington right. Network. Exactly. We're, we're, we we're get along family. just fine. Yeah. yeah exactly. like I've got a bunch of extended brothers, you know, That's and right. I'm the only sister yeah. in the group, but That's it's right. really cool. So anyway, Landon, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, some yeah. changes down in Dallas, some question marks in Dallas. Um, just what this franchise is all about, because this is a franchise that it's been over 10,000 days since this, fr- this franchise has, I think, won the Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> and counting. See, I, I had to throw that in there. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Brothers uh-huh. and sisters do that. They jab each other. That's jabby. right. They jab. But, uh, That's right. You know, That's let, right. Landon, let's start off, though, with, with one of the biggest changes made in the offseason. That is, that was the decision to move on from offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy is now going to be the play caller. What can you tell us that's going to be different with McCarthy calling the play versus Kellen Moore calling the plays? Well, I think the big thing is, is is going to be just who's calling the plays. And I know that sounds like a very reductive answer and very straightforward, but I, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the play, uh, the play calling, you know, I'm sorry, not the play call, but the playbook changing the, the offense changing. I tend to think that that's actually not going to change that much. I think that the, the plays that they're going to be calling are going to be relatively the same. They'll probably inject, you know, 10 or 15% of, of McCarthy's specific stuff that he wanted to add in there. But I would say that for the most part, the, the changes will be in the play sequencing, how the when, how and when the different calls are play, uh, called, uh, not so much like the types of language they use, not so much the types of offensive system they use. Uh, so I think, you know, it's, it's going to just be about Mike McCarthy's play calling tendencies versus Kellen Moore's play calling tendencies. I think some areas specifically where he'll try to work to improve things are getting the Cowboys in a better situation with their opening scripts. That that's something where it feels like they've really struggled at times. Um, I think that they've had problems uh, at different points with giving Dak good answers uh, underneath. Um, and, and I think that's contributed to different you know problems with him trying to feel like he has to throw into tight windows because he doesn't have good solutions uh, to kind of dump off when they're, when things get tight. Uh, and I think that the, there'll be some, some kind of fundamental changes in, how they're doing pass protection, uh, which I think will also change the uh, a number of receivers that they have out and route. So you may see more of an increase in 
uh, 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 five man protections with more, more receivers out and route. Uh, you may see just less of the running back being involved in, 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 in pass pro. Um, you know, these are all things that I think, you know, more of a kind of a, a West coast tendency to things that they have been previously. Cause even though Mike McCarthy was obviously the head coach last year and the previous years, they've been running essentially what's a, a Coriel offensive system since, you know, well, since before Garrett was here, frankly. So the, the, I think that will kind of remain. I think it's, it's the temperament, it's the sequencing, it's, it's the, it's the personal play calling style of McCarthy versus Kellen Moore. That's going to be the real big change here. And sticking along that thing, that uh, name there, um, some statistics that I was able to to dig up. And by the way, I see that they're calling this the Texas Coast offense. I think that I wish I know. wish they would call it Tex Coast. That it just sounds so much better than Texas Coast. It's just it's too it's too worse. Yeah, it's a mouthful. But this. anyway, some of the some of the I guess t- tendencies that I'm assuming they're going to want to address is that the Cowboys had um, a lot of third longs last year because, as you mentioned, the sequencing. Play action wasn't really as much a part of the game. Pre-snap motion, I think, wasn't what it what I think a lot of people thought it would be. I mean, do you also anticipate some of this stuff changing? Yeah, I mean, I think you know the Cowboys previous to this were they would try to formation you to death. You know, they they would show you a, a bunch of different looks, run similar plays from those different formational looks. And I think because they were trying to get in and out of so many different formations, it limited their ability to not so much with play action. I mean, that's just something they need to do more of. Uh, but I think it did limit their ability to kind of uh, put people in motion at different points because, you know, having to learn all the different formations and then learning all the different motions that go, go off of that, it's a lot. So I think that's one area where they tried to build it in as the season goes on. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, that cha- that's another thing that changes a little bit more is that we don't see uh, maybe more of a lean into 13 personnel, uh, maybe more of a lean into 12 personnel, specifically those not, not 13, I'm sorry, 11 and 12 personnel. Uh, and then, you know, seeing how they can manipulate defenses using more motion in those formations, as opposed to just trying to line up in a whole bunch of different ways and see how the defenses uh, defend it. Okay. So now at the center of this, new offense or revised offense, if we, if we want to call it that is obviously Dak Prescott, a guy who, depending on who you listen to or read has regressed since, you know, a few years ago, is this a make or break season from for him? What does he need to show to kind of quiet all the rumblings that have started, you know, with regards to his future as the Cowboys quarterback? Well, I will say that I think the rumblings will happen no matter what happens. You know, I mean, like that's just the life of being the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. And I would definitely say that his demise has been greatly exaggerated. I mean, you know, despite leading the league in interceptions last year, they they still, you know, eliminated Tom Brady and the, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the playoffs. They finished 12 and 5. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, uh, they were a Tony Pollard injury away from potentially playing in the NFC Championship against the Eagles. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I tend to think that that there is a you know a tendency to focus too much on the individual stats as opposed to the situation. You know, I think the the reason that the Cowboys went out and got someone like Brandon Cooks is because they had Dak Prescott throwing into insanely tight windows constantly when it just felt like it was unnecessary. They needed they needed more players to be open for to give him more options to get the opportunity to throw to more open receivers. So. Dak definitely threw Dak will always be aggressive. I mean, that's just 
uh, the nature of, of who he is as a quarterback. I think if you provide him more opportunities to, you know, throw the football into open windows, he's going to, you know, throw less interceptions. And frankly, I would, I mean, just looking at Dak's career, like last year was the exception to the rule. I mean, he has career wise been in the top 10 in lowest interception rates in NFL history. Uh, last year was literally double his interception, his career interception rate. So I tend to think that that's the anomaly, not so much the, the, the rule. Uh, so I, you know, look, I, I, with the years that the Cowboys have provided, you know, healthy receiving options around Dak, you know, he's thrown for almost 5,000 yards and 35 touchdowns and, and was an MVP, MVP candidate. So I tend to think that that's closer to who he is. And I think that's closer to what we're going to see now that we have, you know, a, a much more viable receiving crew than we did, especially at the start of, of the season last year. You mentioned the running game, Tony Pollard, who had that injury. Um, he is also, I've been, I believe he signed his franchise tag. We, mm-hmm. we of course, in, in New York had the same situation kind yep. of going on with Saquon Barkley, except Saquon's not coming off of an injury. But what is the the status with Tony Pollard's health and with the contract? And there's also been reports that Jerry hasn't closed the door on bringing back Zeke Elliott. So what can you tell mm-hmm. us about the running back situation and where everything stands right now? I will, I'll start with the last part first. I feel like the, the door's pretty closed. I mean, Jerry may not have closed the door yet, but Jerry will keep any door open that gets more clicks for the site. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you guys want to talk, if, if the media wants to talk about Zeke coming back and that gets the Cowboys clicks, then, yeah, sure, he'll, he hasn't closed the door yet. I would be very surprised, though. I mean, I think just by the way things went down, um, it's not that burn, bridges were burned, but I think that, you know, this is not the situation that Zeke's looking for, and they're not looking for a Zeke-type situation to, to back up Pollard. I think they've got a, a young group of, of backs that they want to look at, and, and and even if they didn't, I have a feeling that there are probably some other folks on the street that probably fit the position of what they're looking for. Back to Pollard, though. Uh, Pollard's is... I, I mean, I, I have zero doubts that he'll be ready for the regular season. Um, I, I, he's was already out there practicing during OTAs. Uh, so I, I tend to think that they're, they're definitely keeping uh, 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 an eye on him and he's not, and he wasn't uh, participating in, uh, you know, 11 on 11 drills, but it was also mini camp OTAs. And the fact that he's even out there running around, I mean, would seem to indicate that he's probably likely to be cleared for training camp and he should be fine for week one. So I guess the answer is that he seems to be well ahead of schedule. He seems to be fine. I think the injury concerns for the Cowboys at this point are more about Terrence Steele in the right tackle position. It, will he be ready for training camp on uh, time? But I also think that he likely will. And I and if he isn't, I definitely feel like Terrence will be ready for week one. So that's the state of the Cowboys running game as it stands. All right. And you brought up, some question marks, you know, about Terrence Steele. We're going to talk in the next segment about some concerns and unresolved questions that the Cowboys better find answers to if they want to compete in the 2023 season. That's coming up right after this. Hey, Giant fans, our partner at eBay Motors has teamed up with the Lachlan Fantasy Football host, Vinny Iyer, to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. And with draft prep underway for the upcoming fantasy season, Vinny's eBay's guaranteed fit fantasy pick of the week is 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey. 
A healthy McCaffrey is guaranteed to see well more than 300 touches again in his first full season with the 49ers, and he is the centerpiece of the 49ers offensive engine. McCaffrey checks all the boxes, including his talent, usage, high floor, and high ceiling. Run with CMC is the guaranteed fit at number one for a smooth ride to yet another year of big numbers on your fantasy team. And Giant fans, if you're looking for a guaranteed fit for your vehicle, you need to check out eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Air filters, brakes, batteries, taillights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure it's the right fit for your car because eBay's guaranteed fit helps you understand exactly what part you need for your vehicle. So go forth, switch gears, crank up the AC, and say goodbye to sweating when your ride needs a little fixing up. Because with eBay's guaranteed fit, everything you need for your vehicle is just a click away. Just look for the green check for those parts and accessories that are right for your vehicle's make or model and are at the right price. Visit ebaymotors.com and let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. We're previewing the New York Giants 2023 opponents. And on today's show, we're taking a look at the Dallas Cowboys, NFC East style football And, of course, the Giants see the Cowboys week one of the 2023 season. Landon McCool, co-host of Locked On Cowboys podcast, is our special guest. So thank you again for making us your first listener of the day or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. And Landon, like every team out there, everybody's got question marks. Everybody's got Mm -hmm. concerns. You mentioned uh, Terrence Steele in the, in the, the end of the last segment. Let's expand that a little bit because I mm-hmm. think your offensive line is also kind of up in the air, if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct there? And what's this? What can you tell us about what that offensive line is going to potentially look like? Well, I would say that the, the offensive line has. It's not so much that they have questions; it's just they don't know which answer they have yet. I think they have good solutions to their problems. They, it's just isn't hasn't been sorted out yet. Look, I, I think if you ask any Cowboys fan what the starting lineup should be week one. I think they would tell you left to right, it should be Tyron Smith, uh, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotish, Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. And then that should be, that's the end of the argument. And then af- if, if Tyron Smith gets injured, you kick Tyler Smith out. And the question now becomes if you kick Tyler Smith out to left tackle, who is the left guard? It used to be who was the swing tackle if Tyron Smith gets injured, but that's been solved now that you've got Tyler Smith. So the question becomes, who's the swing guard who comes in? So, and the Cowboys have answers there. They have, you know, five or six different choices of different, you know, ilk. They've got uh, a guy named Chuma Adoga who they got from the Jets, who they like a lot, and they think that he could potentially be a very good guard. He's played mostly tackle in the NFL, but he's had some snaps at guard, and he's looked pretty good there. They've drafted a guy named Awesome Williams from University of North Carolina that uh, was a fifth round pick that they are potentially looking at at guard. They have a couple of other guys that they had uh, uh, previously uh, uh, that they uh, that they think that they could try out there. Um, one of them is a, a former tackle, Mike Willetsko, who who is actually I think is still going to be potentially working as a tackle. But they're just they they got a new offensive line coach, so they're trying all these guys everywhere basically just to see where they can get the best five. But it's one of those situations where 
it's not it's not like the cowboys don't have answers here it's just that they don't know which one of the answers they're going to go with as it stands so they have good solutions it's just nothing's been written in pen at, at this point the same probably can't be said for the kicker position am i right <laughs> Well, I, you know, it's interesting. They signed a guy yesterday from the USFL, and the Cowboys actually, uh, you know, had a success last year signing special teamers from the USFL. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, I have a hard time, like, you know, uh, uh, worrying about the kicker position because it feels like even if you worry or even if you pine over a kicker and you get them, uh, these guys are all disposable. It's so temporary and, and long term kickers. Is not a thing really, you know, outside of uh, two or three in the league. So I, you know, I think the Cowboys had kicking, had, had a kick, had a kicker. It was great until they didn't, you know, and that's just sort of how it is in the NFL. So uh, obviously it hurt them at the end of the season that, that had Maher kind of fell off instantly. But I mean, that's just the nature of kickers as it is. You, you hope to find a young one that can stay hot for, for a period of time that <laughs> extends beyond one season uh, but if you can't, then uh, you just you try to find another one who's on a hot streak. And, and I think that's where the Cowboys are as it stands right now. OK, tight end. Let's switch over to there. You lost Dalton Schultz. You mm -hmm. drafted uh, Schoonmaker, who mm -hmm. I think wasn't he diagnosed with a foot? I want to say a sprained foot or was it plantar fasciitis? I think he was recovering. He had plantar he had fasciitis. Kind of, previously. Yes, he had some kind of, he had some kind of foot. Yeah. ailment. So you've got all these tight ends now. The tight ends in the past, a very key part of the Cowboys offense, even before McCarthy came in, yeah, oh yeah, you know, Schultz last year constantly, you know, hurt the giants. Well, then again, what tight end didn't, I was gonna say. How, how do you, how do you see the tight end situation playing out and how big of a, of a uh, role is the position going to play now that McCarthy is taking over the, uh, the play calling? You know, that last one's a really interesting question because I, I do think that that's kind of playing into this. I mean, look, the Cowboys feel really good about their tight end room right now. I mean, without Dalton Schultz, they they clearly let Schultz go because uh, they didn't want to pay the money that he. I mean, he ended up not getting a ton of money from Houston, but I think they clearly liked this these guys behind him. Uh, obviously, Ferguson is the first one off off the bench to kind of take that job as a starter, uh, and he really showed you something as a receiver last year. Was really great with the football in his hands. Uh, they got a guy named Hendershot who showed you some big big plays uh, last year on, on very few touches. Uh, they already had a guy named Sean McEwen who's probably was their tight end three now will be their tight end four. Now that you have Schoonmaker, they have an entire tight end room filled with big 10 tight ends. Uh, it's, it's very odd to, you know, Michigan, Indiana, Wisconsin, and, and Michigan again. So, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think Schoonmaker is going to come in as, you know, he's, 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 he's the most athletic of the group. Uh, he's, he's definitely can move. He's really, really good on crosser routes and he's really, really good with the football in his hands and can move. So, uh, but I, I think you brought up a good point. It is going to be interesting to see exactly how the tight end gets used, uh, with McCarthy because, you know, we've seen in McCarthy offenses in the past, they are largely, you know, just big receivers. I mean, if you think about Jermichael Finley, he wasn't necessarily a, a, a monster blocker. They were deploying him out and route and trying to take advantage of passing matchups. So uh, I, I think that all these guys have different interesting traits as receivers. Um, and I think that they'll probably use all of them uh, and in a way that they hadn't previously to try to cobble together production that would match something to what they had from Dalton Schultz. Uh, but I, I imagine that we're going to see 
healthy doses of at least Ferguson, Hendershot, and Schoonmaker, and then obviously McEwen as needed. But I, all I would say all four are likely to play quite a bit. All right, now on the defensive side of the ball, take away Micah Parsons for a moment. Take away uh, Vander Esch for a moment. You have a lot of young guys at linebacker. How does that sort kind of sort out, do you think? Well, I think they have two guys that they love in um, you know, in Cox and and Clark uh, that both LSU linebackers that kind of fell in the draft because of some injury concerns, uh, but both are fully healthy now. And uh, Clark came in uh, and just had an absolutely outstanding rookie year for for what he was. I mean, I mean, this is a guy who got diagnosed with a neck injury late in the draft process uh, and basically missed all of OTAs, all of training camp. I mean, as far as being on the field and, and well into the regular season, but was so, uh, was such a hard worker and so dedicated that by the time he was healthy and able to get on the field, he had leap jump, leapfrogged every other linebacker on the roster. So he was able to get in and play very well. He's incredibly athletic. He's actually the only guy uh, on the, in the Cowboys uh, GPS tracking that had a faster speed than Micah Parsons on the field. Um, and he's about the same size. So if, if he could, you know, if the light can continue to come on for him, I, I think he's going to be a fantastic linebacker. He may end up actually at Mike linebacker once Layton is gone. Uh, and, and Cox is a guy that uh, is, you know, mostly his calling card coming out of LSU was, was a coverage. He was one of the best coverage linebackers. I remember dra- uh, grading as a draft prospect, uh, he's really good at, with backs out of the backfield. He's, he's kind of obviously a smaller, quicker guy, um, but he's he's slowly coming back from an ACL injury that really hobbled him last year. He just still didn't look like the same player that he was coming out of LSU. But reports out of training, out of uh, OTAs and mini camps, are that he's fully healthy and he's making plays. So that'll be a huge part. And I think the other thing that that, that Cowboys fans, I guess for Giants fans that are on the lookout for this, is that the Cowboys operate usually with a safety on the second level so jaron curse practically functions as a linebacker for them in this defense and in, in, in a lot of ways uh wilson does donovan wilson does as well too so uh they even when they're short a little bit at linebacker uh they have a couple other bodies that they use in different formations that kind of play that role of kind of run and chase linebacker while you know wearing safety jersey numbers basically all right, coming up, we're going to talk about matchups, early matchups, of course, and, and we're also going to see where the Cowboys stack up in the NFC East. So don't go anywhere, Giant fans. We'll be right back. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. You got Patricia Trainer here. As I'm going through the Giants 2023 opponents, we're getting some early intel from our Locked on podcast hosts the best people to go to because they know the stuff Mm. inside and out. And on today's show, Landon McCool, co-host of Locked On Cowboys, is with me. And we're breaking everything down. And Landon, I want to talk now in in broader terms. You know, I think we can both agree, reluctantly probably, but still agree, that the Philadelphia Eagles are the cream of the crop in the division. And that everybody is trying to close the gap with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to start off by asking you about the Dallas Cowboys and how much they have closed the gap with the Eagles. Assuming, of course, you agree with with me that that the Eagles are the cream of the crop. I mean, they're the defending NFC 
I'm sorry, defending NFC champions. So I, I think it's fair to they say they got that. the hats on for sure right now, yeah. right? So, so I mean, we'll, we'll defer to them at this point. Okay. That seems fair. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it's a fair question. I mean, honestly, I don't think I don't think the Cowboys were far off from the Eagles if if they were far off from the Eagles last year. I mean, look, it would have been great to see the Cowboys play the Eagles with each quarterback healthy because obviously the Cowboys taking one when they had an injured quarterback and the Eagles taking one while we had our injured quarterback really muddies this whole picture up a little bit, but I don't know that there's a huge gap between these two teams. Um, I think that especially with what the Cowboys did in the off season, and I understand the, the, the draft the Philly did a lot of things in the draft that they're excited about, but I tend to think that you know that the Cowboys improved the top end of their roster, and we're already very much in striking distance of this Philadelphia Eagles team. Um, so I, I, you know, I tend to think that they're neck and neck. But I also think, on top of that, what's going to make it interesting, and that this is not pandering, is that I think the other teams in the NFC East have also gotten better. I mean, I think that the Giants have closed the gap. Uh, I think the Giants showed you something last year that they were, you know, in the competition that they could at least be play spoiler for one of these two teams at different points. It was, you know, it could have been very tenuous for either the Eagles or the Cowboys if the Giants had kind of managed to finish turning it on in the season. And I think Washington, you know, <laughs> look, I mean, I think for NFL health wise, uh, we love to see Dan Snyder out of the league. But if you're an NFC East fan, you hated to see him leave because he was the one of the worst owners in sports. And you knew that he was going to keep that Washington team terrible. Now that they've got they're kind of moving away from that, they're making some more solid decisions. Um, you know, I think that they could be a team that is very difficult. Look, they're they're always a difficult team to play. They always have a very good defense. They're always a very difficult physical game that no one wants to play in. So uh I do think that the Cowboys and Eagles are are equals in, in my mind. I, I think honestly, the Sanford the 49ers, the Eagles, the Cowboys, uh, you know, you could probably put them all in many different orders if you want. I honestly wouldn't be upset if you put the Cowboys consistently as the third team in that group. But I think that they are, I think that they are talent wise, certainly all very similar, especially when you account for depth and, and that sort of thing. I think the Cowboys are all right there. All right. Then what about the Giants and how much they have closed the gap with the Cowboys? So, I mean, let's start there then. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that the, the gap has been has been uh, has been shortened quite a bit. I mean, I think I, I liked uh, going out and getting a solid tight end to add to a room that was already kind of nice, gives you a little bit of uh, better receiving options. Um, you know, I think we'll see exactly what you know some of these other kind of wide, wide receiver types that you guys have, uh, including Wandale and some of the other kind of quicker guys you have mesh with the rest of this offense. I really love what they did on offense last year and, and the kind of changes that they made. Honestly, they're playing to Daniel Jones's strengths finally and, and not trying to make him into something that it feels like he's not. Uh, and it's really opened up his game a lot. So uh, I, I tend to think that there's the, that the gap has been closed a little bit. And, and I think that I would not be shocked. I'm certainly not going to take the giants for granted. Uh, I'm certainly not you know, thinking that, that, you know, that, Oh, this is like a, uh, 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 you know, a win like on the on the on the schedule, like preseason, like this is going to be a difficult game each time they play. I, I think that you know th that was the case always. You know, with NFC East games, even when um, you know either team was not great. I think it's just these games are difficult to play in because these teams know each other so well. But I, I do think that as far as advancements in in inter division and where they are inside the NFC East, I, I think the Giants are firmly firmly the third best team and and if 
inching inching towards towards the top two teams and 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 i would not be shocked if you know something happened this year and they leapfrogged one of these two teams either the the eagles fall off a cliff the cowboys fall off the cliff and the giants are right there to take advantage i would not be shocked and i also wouldn't be shocked if all three the eagles the cowboys the giants all made the playoffs again and that that wouldn't shock me even if with uh the the kind of more difficult schedule that we're going to face this year all right. Now I know it's early. We've got a lot of weeks to go before opening day. So a lot can happen between now and then, but we have a rough idea as to what players are going to be on the team at different units with the exception of maybe some depth spots. That being said, when you look at the potential matchups between the giants and the Cowboys, where for the Cowboys perspective is the biggest concern in facing this giants team? Hmm. That's a good question. I think, you know, look, Dexter Lawrence is one of the best players in football. I mean, so, I mean, even with Zach Martin and, and you know, I love Tyler Smith as a guard, you got to watch out for that. And and I think if, if, uh, if the Giants can wreck your running game, uh, they can make passing a, a slog at times. Um, so uh, I definitely, you know, have concerns about the ability to kind of you know, make uh, make hay in the run game uh, against a, a, a strong defense tackle like Lawrence. Um, you know, I think I'm not a huge believer in Daniel Jones as a quarterback overall, to be very honest with you. But I do think that Daniel Jones has ways to get hot and be very, very dangerous. And and so my concerns with Daniel Jones are more long-term consistency issues, not so much like in game. I think in game per game, you know, he's extremely dangerous. He, he can throw the football. He can throw the football well down the field. He can run extremely well. And, and that those two things uh, can make a, uh, for an offense that is very deadly. You add in someone like Saquon Barkley, the Cowboys have had problems at times stopping the run. Um, and I think that it, it you know, it, there is a there is a recipe there for winning the game, uh, a, a very very clear recipe for beating for beating the Cowboys with with those kind of components, right? So if the Cowboys are unable to kind of stop the run, and then because of uh, uh, I'm mean, sorry, unable to you know create the run, and then unable to stop the run, um, you know that could put them in a in a precarious position where you know, you end the game and uh, you're in the fourth quarter and the game's tight. And when it's tight in the fourth quarter, you you leave it to a coin flip, and you and any team can win, and and that's when, you know, Daniel Jones breaks out of the front of the pocket, runs you know forty yards or something like that, and and, and can suddenly you've lost the game. So, I, I definitely think there are individual matchups. The Cowboys have to be careful here, uh, make sure they have accounted for, um, and I think that those matchups, uh, if played incorrectly by the Cowboys definitely could could hurt them and they could certainly lose one if not both these games all right and then final question for you um give us a and I know again off-season program no pads no hitting it's kind of hard to judge but what can you tell us about that some of the newcomers on the Cowboys the draft class the free agent signings who are guys that have you excited that you think are really going to come in and, and play huge roles for the Cowboys in 2023? Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we start with obviously Mozzie Smith who was the first round pick um, just an exceptionally strong human being. Uh, if you haven't heard the stories from Michigan, uh, they had a, a torque measuring device, which had, and I'm sorry for your audio listeners that had like a device where you pulled one hand forward and one hand back and they have weights on each side and it measures your, rotational strength your ability to grab somebody 
and then turn them onto the ground and throw them onto the ground. Michigan had to order a special part for this device to increase the strength, uh, the, the weight on there because Mozzie broke it at the university wow. of Michigan. Um, and, and that just shows you that, I mean, that's just one of like 12 other kind of legendary stories about this guy's weird athleticism and strength. So I, I think that's where we start. You know, he's going to be a guy that they're going to plug in the middle, hopefully going to, you know, take up double teams. He's going to you know eat, eat up the run a little bit more, which will allow for uh, the Cowboys to get into advantageous positions. You know, obviously where their strength is, is making you throw the football and then sending their pass rushers after you. Right. So that's where the Cowboys want to be. So hopefully Mozzie increases that uh, there's a running back named Deuce Vaughn. And if you haven't heard the story and if you haven't seen the, the, the video, look, I know you guys don't like me. I know you guys don't like the Cowboys, but put that aside for a second and watch the video of Deuce Vaughn getting the call from his father, who was a, a longtime scout for the Cowboys, uh, that he had been drafted by the team he works for. If it doesn't bring tears to your eyes, then you really do hate the Cowboys too much. Uh, and then I think uh, another guy that that uh, has since uh, you know OTAs and mini camps has come out, the, the name that keeps being pounded into our heads over and over again to watch out for, is this six-round pick that we drafted called named Eric Scott, who uh, is a cornerback, uh, and he has been taking reps with you know OTAs and mini camps. They they hold out vets for my, my toe hurts or you know I have a I have like a you know my, my my pinky got a cut on it. So they were holding you know a couple of their starters out, and whenever they hold their starters out, this kid Eric Scott is the one who's the first to go out with the first team over uh, some of our previous second and third round picks that we had had. So uh, he's a guy that I would at least keep an eye on, maybe see if you hear his name being mentioned uh, in training camp practices as well, because if it, it is uh, the drumbeat for him has been pretty consistent. And, and I, would be, I would be not surprised if he actually got some playing time if it continues all the way through, through training camp. Landon, great stuff. Appreciate you breaking everything down. And uh, the next several weeks, obviously, with training camp starting, with the preseason games, it's going to answer a lot of these un unanswered questions that we're all wondering about our respective teams. So thank you for providing, you know, all the insight on the Cowboys. Um, always great to talk ball with you, as well as with uh, Marcus Mosier, your co-host on Locked on Cowboys. Giant fans, make sure you check them out. They're Landon McCool and Marcus Mosier. They're the dynamic duo who hosts Locked On Cowboys. Make sure you also keep it here on the Locked On Giants podcast because I'm going to have more opponent previews. Peter Bukowski is going to be coming up on the Packers, and I'm still trying to schedule the rest of the guys. People are on vacation, so as they come back off vacation, we got to get Gino Camilleri from Locked On. Oh, yeah. That's going to oh, be a yeah. good show, I'm sure. Gino's so, going to be crowing, I'm sure. He's, I'm uh, he's, sure he uh, he's got every right to be excited. He's, yeah, yes, he does. So that's going to be a good show. So, Giant fans, keep it here on the Locked on Giants podcast. Thank you for making us your first listener of the day or watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day. For Landon McCool, I'm Patricia Chana. We will see you tomorrow, Giant fans.